0: You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
1: Let's say hello to Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Frank, as always, we appreciate the time. Before we talk about the Jags, we have to start with the crazy conclusion of the game in Pittsburgh. What did you make of replay overturning the Jesse James touchdown and then Ben Roethlisberger throwing the pick?
2: I I think uh, I'm surprised at how many people think the call was wrong when they reversed it. We've watched enough football now to know that's the call. The NFL is going to look at that call and say, yep, you got it exactly right the way the rule book is written. Now, we're going to talk about the rule book. We're going to talk about the catch rule because it probably does need to be overhauled. But it's, it amazes me that anybody who's watched football for the past, you know, seven, eight years looked at that play and thinks the referee got it wrong. That was a call. That That is not a catch in the NFL's book. Uh, but yet, you know, I, I, if you want to talk about do we need a new catch rule, yes, absolutely, no doubt. But I think, look, ultimately, the officials got it right. They, they, based on what the rule book says, that's the rule. That, that's just how it goes. And then the end was just <laughs> – Boy, you just I mean, I don't know how the Steelers threw that interception. I mean, throw it into the fourth row of the stands at that point when he's covered. I, I don't I don't know what Ben was doing on
0: that play. We just have to put the twelfth man on the roster, Frank, and say it's called ground Johnson. The ground is now a part of the game where it could cause it could cause a fumble. But I think Brian asked the question of how do you think it was handled for as how even uh, ben Rothersberger responded by saying that that call came from the sideline because he wanted to do something else. But yet Ben Rothersberger said he got something from the sideline. Give me your take on Ben and how it seems as if when things don't go right, he has a tendency every once in a while, and correct me if I'm wrong, to throw a lot of people under the bus, bus whether uh-huh. it's the head coach, whether it's the offensive coordinator, whether it's his receivers, whether it's his running back would want to get a new deal because it's a business. How do you see this actually working out as time progresses with that behavior coming from Ben where he's just letting so much out laundry when it comes down to what he thinks is going on and, and it's letting people know what's happening?
2: Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that either from him. And uh, just going back to the play that we're talking about, I mean, I thought Rodney Harrison said it well, and I'm sure you've said it on the show, Cordell, and I, I'm, I assume you agree with this that what Ben said doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you Zero. Don't, you Zero know, it's just it, it, none of that adds up. I mean, because Eli Rogers ran a route. Somebody had, he doesn't have a green dot on his helmet. Nobody's telling him that from the sideline. Eli Rogers ran a route for a reason, and it, it that comes from the quarterback. So what Ben says doesn't really make any sense, and even if it does, even if it happens exactly how Ben laid it out, once you, you've played in this league for what's his 13th year, I think, 14th year, you've played in this league long enough to know that when one guy's running around and he's double covered and the game's online, you don't try to force him to double coverage there. He just throws the ball into the ground, lives by another day. So, I, I, you know, Ben screwed it up. I, I don't, but like, I think you touched on it already. exactly. Ben does have a tendency at throwing guys under the bus, and it goes back to, you know, when, when Antonio Brown had some theatrics. I think it was against the Baltimore Ravens, and he came over the sideline, turned over a Gatorade cooler. Well, that's not the best thing either, but then Ben... Basically, blast them in the media oh. for you know having a temper tantrum. When well, I've seen Ben show up, guys for not running the right route on theirs, I've seen him show, show up in for doing that. So I, I don't know. I, I, Ben's a great quarterback. He's 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 going to the Hall of Fame someday. But yeah, sometimes you just wonder what do you what are you doing, Ben? Like, yeah, do you really need to be doing this to your teammates?
1: Taking you around the league with Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. Frank, let's head to Jacksonville. Jags are going to the playoffs for the first time since 2007. The issue has been as much as we embrace their defense, Blake Bortles traditionally a turnover machine. Well, that's changed at least in a small sample size. Seven touchdowns, no picks the last three games. So now that the Jags are going to the postseason. How dangerous is this team?
2: I mean, if if Blake can play like this, I mean, and you know he's not going to see the Houston Texans in the playoffs. There are going to be better teams waiting for him. But if we just remove, look, sometimes guys get just just get stuck with, the, you know, what, what we think of their reputations. They just get stuck with it forever, and we're never going to move on from it. And ben, and uh, Blake Bortles has gotten stuck with the reputation of being a back quarterback. And, and in many ways, these aren't that. But if we remove that and we just look at the last three weeks, He's played great football. He's averaging 300 yards a game. And yesterday, look, Marquise Lee goes down. Leonard Fournette's not in the lineup. And he's throwing the guys who I've never heard of. I've never heard of Jayden Mickens. I don't even know his name right. Is it Jayden or Jalen Mickens? I, but here, here's this guy on my TV scoring touchdowns. And here's you know, Keelan Cole, who is an undrafted rookie, going for 160-some yards. And... That's what good quarterbacks do. I mean, he's a, Blake Bortles wasn't just throwing the balls up to guys like DeAndre Hawkins we were going to make plays for him. He was making undrafted rookies uh, stars yesterday. I, I don't know if this is going to continue, but if Blake can play anywhere near this. And, uh, look, and once it comes to January, do I trust Blake Bortles? No, not really. But if he can play anywhere near this in January... The Jaguars, they're as good as anybody in the AFC because we know that defense is nasty. We know Fournette can run the ball. We just have questions about whether Blake can get it done, and if he plays at this level, the Jaguars should go a really long way in January.
0: Well, let me say this, Frank. No one wants to see that football team in the AFC. I guarantee you. What they did no. to the Steelers and everyone else they played against, they let it be known that it starts with their defense, their running game, and Blake Bortles just do his part well enough. They could be pretty darn exceptional. And and, and let me just say this about exceptional. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he goes into San Francisco, oh. Frank. And he's playing the style of football. Um, I would say that Tom Brady is doing just on a lower level. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun too far, but he's coming from that that regime, that background, that understanding of football. And he's allowing this football team to look as if they can compete every single week. He beats the two teams they have left on their roster. Does he get a big contract yeah, I, or does he get a, a franchise tag? I I think whatever he asked
2: for, they got to give it to him, right? I mean, they got to steal, and it's not just that you know you, you, you trade a second round pick for a quarterback who looks like he's going to be your starter for a long time. Now you have a top five pair, six pick. Whatever. Jimmy's kind of screwing up the draft pick. Like, that's yeah, a good problem to have, but he, you, you know, going through, you know, and screwed up the draft pick. But Let's say they have a high pick and a quarterback is there. They can trade down. If somebody's really, you know, hot for Josh Allen, the Forty ers can now trade down and get a bunch more picks, make up for trading the second for Jimmy. It was a steal. It's going to go down as one of the better trades any team has made in a really long time. I think Jimmy's legit. I don't know if he's ever going to be a an MVP quarterback, but he can be very good. He can be good enough for you to win games. He's he's everything that they thought he was going to be, and. I don't, you know, the contract stuff is going to get tricky because Jimmy keeps playing like this. Like you said, if he finishes it out, if he goes, you know, finishes it out, plays another two-bit games, he can come to the table and ask for a lot more money than we probably think a guy with, you know, seven, eight career starts probably should get. But boy, he's earned it. I don't know how you can think no right now if you're a 49ers.
1: Looking at a minimum, it feels like of 50 to 60. Million guaranteed. Frank Schwab, oh, Yahoo Sports, is our guest. Unless the Niners use the franchise tag, and that's twenty-four million for one year. Let's talk about the Rams destroying the Seahawks in Seattle. Felt like that game was a changing of the guard, and Todd Gurley was sensational. Frank, as we think about the Rams as a playoff team, what's their postseason outlook? I mean,
2: they could go as far. They win a Super Bowl. Why not? I mean, there's no. Fatal flaw with this team. The quarterback's playing really well. They can run the ball. Their offensive the line's a lot better. They're coached well. They're good on special teams. They have the best defense player in football in Aaron Donald and good players around him too. There's just no reason to believe that this team can't win at all. And the NFC's up for grabs. I mean, it, 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 even down to the wild card teams, if. The Seattle Falcons get in, and the Panthers are obviously going to get in. Anybody in the NFC can win, you know. I mean, they win it all. The Saints can, the Vikings can, the you know whoever you want to throw out there, they can win it all. And so can the Rams, and that's crazy given where they were a year ago, firing their coach mid-season, and here they are, just blowing out the Seahawks. This team is, they're really good. They're they are just, I don't, I do wonder about the experience factor. I mean, this will be Jared Goff's first playoff game. It's going to be t- Sean McVay's first playoff game as a coach, too. And I do think that matters to an extent. But if you told me the Rams win the Super Bowl this year, yeah, okay, well, why not?
0: You talked about the Rams as a surprise team. I think we all are uh, saying that, especially with Jared Goff and how things looked last year. But it's obviously different with Sean McVay. And how about Minnesota with Case Keenum and this football team? You know, I have went on my rant and had fun with Case Keenum, and I've been liking him since last year and the year before that. And, I mean, he's he's going over and beyond what's expected of him. But it's becoming – it's real now. You know, this team needs to really figure out – what they cannot do in order to be pretty successful, because when they are doing the things they're supposed to do, they're a very hard football team to beat, even with Case Keenum.
2: Absolutely. I mean, what a job by Mike Zimmer and that staff, by the way. I mean, if you count out Teddy Bridgewater, they're basically down to their third option at quarterback. They lost Alvin Cook. who They, they built their offense around Alvin Cook in the offseason. You could tell. I mean, first few weeks of the season, he was a guy. He goes down... And they're going miss a beat. And It's a great coaching job by them. They've done fa- just a fantastic job. And, and at some point, you just have to shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know how this happened, but Case Keenum is one of the top 10 to 12 best quarterbacks in the league right now. And just look at the numbers. Look at him play the eyeball test, anything you want to do. Nate Keenum's at that level, and that's going to make things really interesting in the offseason because he becomes a free agent. Now, the Vikings have Bridgewater Bradford and as free agents. What do they do? What do they pay? And if they don't pay Keenum, we're gonna, if Mike Glennon can make fifteen million a year, whatever he got in Ottawa. got eighteen million. What's case Keenum going to get after you know if the Vikings go thirteen and three and he plays at this level? It's going to he's going to have a really interesting off season. And what if they win a Super Bowl? They can. I mean, there, there's nothing holding them back from from doing the whole thing. They're that good with that defense. So I, I, I do not see it coming. I like Case Keenum well enough, I guess, but. Boy, I mean, the fact that the, the Rams last year had Keenum and Goff had one of the worst offenses we've seen in many years just is such a bad, bad uh, sign for that coaching staff that got fired there.
1: Finally, Frank, what do you make of what's happened with the Panthers on mm-hmm. Friday night? We found out the team was conducting mm-hmm. their own investigation of owner Jerry Richardson. Two days later last night, we find out he's selling the team, and today he has stepped aside from the day-to-day operations of the club. The weirdest part of this
2: has been that it's, it's just a footnote to all of it, but the fact that the Panthers are just going about these announcements like it's a pure coincidence. Like, it's, they're not even acknowledging the allegations. Like, Jerry, like, like Jerry Richardson woke up on Sunday and was like, ah, yeah, I'm going to team today. And he woke up today and was like, yeah, I'm just going to give up day-to-day operations to focus on the sale. Like, yeah, let's, let's acknowledge that something's going on here. I mean, that's kind of weird. I... It's just—it's just bad. It's bad for everybody involved. It's bad for the Panthers. It's bad for the team that's ten of four and doesn't want to deal with this. I think—I will say this: uh, this it, it, it may be inconsequential too, but. I think Ron Rivera is the best guy for this situation. I think he's a great coach, a good leader. He's going to keep that team focused. And like Doc Rivers with the, with the Donald Sterling stuff in uh, 2014, I think R- Rivera is the face of the franchise now. I mean, as far as just he's the guy out front every day doing press conferences, and he's the guy who's going to get asked about this. And I think he's the perfect guy for the Panthers now in that spot. I think he's going to say the right things, do the right things, lead this franchise in ways he didn't prepare to be leading them four days ago but he's a good guy for that and then oh, boy, look it it's going to get crazy in the offseason who knows what's, what's going to happen with the sale and what not but it's, it, I, I just can't remember a story that escalated this quickly I mean in 48 hours we went from oh wow there's a report about Jerry Richardson to he's selling the team I mean he's been our owner 25 years this is just a crazy story
1: Right. great information as always thanks so much for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn
2: absolutely I appreciate it guys